Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of January 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Konbawa. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? And dudettes and all, all the lovelies. What have we been listening to? Let's start with you, Gray. Uh, yeah, uh, honestly, I haven't been listening to too much this week. Uh, just the usuals, pretty much. I've been listening to Dice a little bit. I keep hoping that they'll drop six. I need to double check when six drops, but they haven't updated it on Apple Music yet. It's just they've made available like all the singles that they've released. But I have been listening to What You Can of Six on repeat and i'm really looking forward to the final drop when they finally update it uh the other thing that i've been listening to is i noticed that rude alpha had a bunch of releases back in 2020 and i hadn't had a chance to check those out and he had a new song drop the other week digitally and i have checked that out and been really enjoying that so other than that nothing too crazy what have you guys been listening to so I guess I'll go. It's been a mixture and a lot of new artists, thanks to Ken, introduced me to several ones that I've spent the week enjoying and checking out. Um, so I guess I'll go with a couple. Pinoco is one. I've actually enjoyed a lot of her stuff. She has some very, she has a very unique voice and some great songs. I'm obsessed with Sunday right now. And another big one we'll talk about a little bit later. And then Foy was another one. She's kind of like an art, I guess she's like an R&B popish artist. And she has some great songs and she's a little bit newer. And I just fell in love with her voice. She is amazing. And I went back to... um, And Soulflex, which I know Ken brought up a little bit on his last music corner and they got some great stuff uh so many good rappers in that group um i also dived into syrup a little bit this week as well just because how we ended the year with our 2020 it got me back into him and then i also went back to some older artists that i personally love and I miss and one of them is Emmy Maria I forgot how much I freaking love her music and her voice and I went back to her contrast album her crossover album and I even finally got to fully listen to my ballad of my own and just her soulful voice her lyrics I mean just fantastic and she is on Apple Music so you can actually check her out I just everything about her I love and that's my new obsession and also just dived into other older artists that I absolutely adore. I went back into Boa girls generation and all their, their Japanese discography is just amazing. And went back to Kodakumi, some of Yumi Hamasaki, also Nakashima Mika finally got to listen to her latest album with went back to Otsuka Ai as she has some upcoming releases, Sakamoto Maya, Katomelia, just abundance of great artists and trying to mix it up this week. What about you, Ken? So 
I've been listening to on a whole abundance of things. I went down like a lovely little rabbit hole. And first, I've been listening to a rapper named Moshi. He's been really good. His his EP, hashtag 13G10009, was really good. His song Back and Forth is actually really good. I've been actually surprised by that. Then there's another vocalist, Kimi no Orife, and her song That Never Goes Out has been actually really, really good. She's on the vein of a R&B vocalist as well. I've been also listening to a band called South Penguins with their song Bubble slash Mad Love. I've been actually really liking Bubbles a whole lot more. Their collab with uh, Nitsuki, who is a female vocalist, is actually really, really good. I've been actually really high on that this past week. And also Mao Nat Nakatsu, who is another female vocalist, her song Weekend has been really, really good, and I've been really liking that. So, And then there is a composer by the name of Elvis Beats with his song Cities of Lights, which has been really good. It's on his, on his Tokyo Lost Tracks singles, which I've been really absolutely loving. And... And obviously, Music Corner. Music Corner has actually been really, really good for me as well. But with that, I mean, we are shaking up the the podcast just a little bit this year as we are going to stray away from the news just a bit because most of it, you can just check it out on ongakuryu.com and it would help us if you kind of go there and kind of give your thoughts because, you know, we're just saying verbatim pretty much the news at certain points. But... I figured we'll start talking about topics about the music industry, and that's mostly what we wanted to do with the show anyway. And one of the things is our predictions of what is going to happen in the upcoming year. And there's a couple things that here that we'll go over eventually. We'll do a couple of things that we're pretty sure are going to happen, and one kind of big bomb pipe dream kind of dream listing here. But with that, let's go with your kind of pickups. Luna, what do you think is going to happen in the t- the year 2021 for the Japanese music industry? So I'm trying to think if I should go big and talk about my big bomb first. Whichever one you want first. So I'll start with the big bomb. Or no, you know what? I'm going to lead into it. So first of all, I honestly think Miwa is going to have a new studio album. She is overdue for a new release. And it was last year she released a single in August, and I know she got married. However, it's been a couple years since she released the studio album, and it's been since 2017 when her best album came out. I I mean, it's been almost four years, so she's overdue, and I have a feeling she's going to release something big this year, and I think it's going to be a big hit. She's been doing her yearly concerts but we haven't actually seen an album drop. So that's one of my predictions. Uh, my other one, I think Amado Namie is going to make an appearance at the Olympics. I don't think she's going to actually come out of retirement and release new music. However, I have a feeling that she will be singing at the Olympics and possibly like a medley, a medley or, you know, maybe Hero. As she is, she was a, she is a big presence still in the industry, despite her being retired and she's still frequently talked about. And I could easily see her coming out of retirement for this. And that I'm just going to specify if the Olympics happen, because 
right now they are scheduled to happen. And I'm going to keep it as I'm going to say that if they happen, I think she'll somehow be a part of it. So my other big my this is the big bomb. I guess I'll go with this right now um, before I get to my pipe dream. So I think Avix is going to make a big announcement and I think. I possibly think there's going to be a lot of artists whose contracts are ending who will not be getting renewed. And the reason I state this is Mo Moon already stated they were not renewing their contract. And they had been with AVIX for 13 years. And that was a huge announcement because, I mean, they, they've been a major part of the industry for a while. And when they do release albums, they make the charts. I mean, they weren't what they used to be. However, AVIX has so many artists under them right now, and a lot of them do live shows and rely on their live venues, and it's hard to keep that many artists under you with everything going on. And plus, a lot of the artists they have have been there with them forever and a day. They've also been si they also sign new artists too. So, I'm just kind of wondering who who it's gonna be. I see some of it being some of their older artists they've had for a while being some of the ones their contracts are ending and that's it and I'm and this is something we haven't really dived into much but I just I think maybe about one fourth of them might just not have contract renewals no I think that that there are, is going to be some significant trouble with AVAX and that there are going to be artists that are going to probably be let go either around the time their contracts end or beforehand as well because of just how hard 2020 kind of hit AVEX overall. You know, I, I know that you, Gray, props also probably thought that they were going to lose some people as well. On a whole, what do you guys think is the percentage or the, I guess the ratio of artists that they might lose? I'd say 15%. I would, I'd say 25, 15 to 25%, to be honest, because they have a huge catalog of artists and it's a lot of people to manage. And if you see all the artists that can't promote their material, it makes it very hard for AVIX and very hard for that artist in general and to make a profit and stay afloat. Yeah, there's no doubt that 2020 was a rough year for AVEX. And I mean, it was rough for all the record labels, but I do think AVEX was hit a little harder than most. And there are definitely a lot of rumors flying around. Uh, they're probably going to have to cut back corners. And I, I, like Luna, was pretty shocked when I saw that they had kind of dropped Mawmoon. Because Mawmoon was a pretty big, you know deal in and of themselves they have a lot of fans and a pretty reliable fan base for money so if they i mean they're dropping them you know there's you know i wouldn't say nobody so there's obviously some safe people but uh, there's a lot more unsafe people than there is anything else uh, but you know avex is huge and you know even you know if they lost an eighth of their total line you know that'd be still a huge amount of people that they would cut so i i'm honestly leaning a little bit more conservative and probably go about 12 to 8 percent around that number 
And like I said, as big as AVEX is, that's still quite a lot of people to cut loose. But uh, yeah, they've got to tighten their belts. And I think they're definitely looking at what's performing, what's not. And, you know, they're probably, they're hedging their bets on a couple of groups. And uh, I'll talk about that a little bit when I get to my predictions. But I, I think, you know, we're already seeing them hedge some bets and, and looking at, you know, the upcoming year. And I, yeah, I think they're going to tighten that belt and they're going to have to let some people go. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it all drops one way or the other. No, I think 15% is probably the most that they'll probably cut. I, I'm like the both of you. I think around 8 to 15% is probably going to be enough. And that could be just not artists. It could just be on a whole. But, well, we will probably won't get that. But for artist side, I think it will be around 8 to 15%, if that. But I also think if there is one name that they will release just because of how much money he, he, she, or they bring, what group would you think that would be? Or a per or an artist. It doesn't need to be right. Just pick a name. Do you think that will probably be a surprise? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember like their whole catalog. Um... I mean, someone would, uh, so, do you mean someone if they they actually dropped we would be shocked or someone big we wouldn't someone big that they would drop just because of how much money it is to keep them him he she or they <laughs> I can think of two however one of them due to their circumstances with Avix no matter how much money they cost them I cannot see them dropping hmm. but one of them I honestly Kodakumi, a lot of her shows cost a good amount of money because she does a great production value in all her shows. I mean, her live shows are amazing. And I know those shows cost a ton of money. And I, I, she's my favorite artist and always will be. But I will say her sales aren't what they used to be. And it is hard to adapt with the industry with everything going on. And she has all her hardcore fans who will follow her, but also it's you got to get those newer fans. I could see her, if her contract is up, she could be one. I mean, her live shows and live goods is where a lot of the money is made because there's a lot of people support that and go to her shows. But with everything going on right now, it's really hard to keep up with that, probably make it equal to how much the production of the show costs too. Yeah, no, if if I had to guess, and this is shot in the dark here, but I think I wouldn't be too surprised. They're on hiatus, which would be the only reason that they may would not drop them. But I, I would say AAA, as big of a producer as they've been throughout the years, they've been, um, you know, they've had some scandals and some liabilities crop up and, you know, with everybody kind of doing like their own thing, which they're they're all doing solo work underneath under Avex, but if if that's like if that's the case, do you think that all all the members would lose Avex, or are you saying just Triple A in general, the group in general? <laughs> uh, they they 
I don't know how successful some of their solo projects has been, mm. and that would be the that would be the indicator. Like I think Sky High is doing well. Yeah, Sky High, High probably Sky High and probably what what was the N- Nissy. Missy is N- probably Nishi. no, no yeah, the the sells. actress the the girl that transferred to act Misaki Ono. Uh, oh, Misaki, yeah, Misaki Ono, Ono, she does very well is, too. Is doing is doing pretty good too. Yeah, but she think... she's progressing as an actress more than an an actual yeah. artist though. She just released a new mini album, if I'm correct. But I I think those three artists for AAA are doing very well, like very successful in their careers. Hmm. You know, but I'm. You wonder if they drop AAA, does that mean those certain the other members will have to sign new contracts? Because how contracts works is usually you don't sign as a group, you sign as individuals, mm. and each individual has their own contract. So that that so, will be the that will be the only thing that I would think of AAA. If I, if I wanted to go big, big balling around, I would say just drop all the of members LDA. who aren't performing. No, I. Well, this is my. I'm moving on from that. Yeah. I would drop all of LDH's members. They could go by themselves too, because LDH could easily succeed on their own as their yeah. own entity with how well they're doing, and how well all the exile and exile all the exile groups. I'm just gonna put it in that specification. Do and not only that, there's a lot of other artists under the LDH label that do very very well and they could easily take rhythm zone with them because i could see avix dissolving rhythm zone and those artists under that which there aren't very many anymore it's Mm. mflow lisa coda that's really it so they could go to ldh for for me ldh would probably be the biggest one that they'll be like yeah it costs way too much money to keep them all in all their ducks in a row even though it makes them a lot of money, but it also probably costs them a lot of money to keep them there. Especially how XL and LDH springs out junior groups like no other, yeah? Yeah, well, them losing E-Girls too probably saved them some money since they're, they dissolved. Yeah, but if if they wanted to go big ball it and just cut a, a big, big name, it would probably be all the LDH people. Mostly because... That is a lot of money, and that'll probably save them so much money if they drop LDH. And their production value, because LDH, if you look at all the ex, you know, all the Exile Junior groups, all their videos, and how how much money they probably do spend on them, and all the time dancing, the lessons, everything they do. Oh yeah, I agree. And then I could just see LDH springing up on their own. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I I could see it. I, I think I would be a little upset if they did because oh, I, I yeah. just I don't like, <laughs> obviously I just I just like I just like LDH underneath the uh, the Avex record label and stuff. But you're you're right. I mean, that's, that's a lot of peeps. Not gonna lie, that is a lot of dudes. And I I mean, it's I I could definitely see that. Uh, I'm actually looking at who all is under LDH right now and a. a I know Wikipedia is not known for their accuracy by any means, but it, according to this, Inflow is underneath LDH right now. So, uh, it would be very interesting if they did that because I'm certain with all the stuff going on, like it can't be cheap to have all the, you know, design routines and stuff like that where everybody's six feet apart and, 
you know, having to maintain like all these guidelines and especially you're looking at like any of the exile tribes because, you know, they probably have like, I know like the Fantastics, they have, it's a group of eight, eight guys, but only two of them are singers and then there's six dancers. So, you know, you have six people there. Like when I'm listening to the song, you never, that are not there for all intents and purposes. You know, you watch the music video and you see the choreography and it's great. But, you know, if you're just listening to the song on your phone, you're just getting the the two vocalists. So, you know, I could definitely see that being an issue. And, you know, like, well, you know, you you have to spend all these production monies on these different groups. And, you know, we have to make, you know, we're spending even more money now because, you know, we have to design special sets so everybody stays six feet apart and it, it's just one of those things where i could totally see that happening i would cry the day that happened but i could totally see it happening oh ldh would just go off on their own because they're well set and stocked and i think they'd be prepared for this if that were to happen to be honest i mean they just signed miavi last year and he does a lot of live shows still make, you know, and all the, looking at all the artists under them, I I could see LDH doing very well by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Crystal K was under LDH. She but... used to not be. She was Sony. She was actually yeah. Emmy and which is under Sony. Yeah. And then she was it, It's just like just looking at, I didn't realize like they had this many people. Yeah. This console. many pool. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was it, like. It, I'm like, if you're going to drop someone, why not drop the biggest anchor that you got? Because I'm pretty sure they'll be okay regardless. And it'll save you a whole bunch of money that you can get a bunch of other talent in the meantime. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. No, yeah, I, I could totally see it. I do think that probably the biggest reason that they hold on to LDH is because they have the Exile Tribe. Mm-hmm. And that the Exile Tribe is like their, their is like their Johnny's competition. It, yeah, you know? it is their Johnny's competition. And if they lose them to like Universal, I think, well, a Universal's all their male idol groups are probably gonna be shit on a on arrival at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, you look at Color Creation, which was under War- Warner, yeah. and you know they're they're no longer together because of Does uh, you know that yeah they couldn't do shows so. It's just, I know, like, they've been doing a lot of digital concerts in Japan, and I'm interested to see how lucrative those have been. But, um, yeah, it, it's surprising nonetheless. Like, yeah, I could totally see it happening. But, yeah, with that, what is your, your pipe dream, Luna? Because we got to talk about Avex all so much. So, my pipe dream is... Boa will finally release another Japanese album and it's her 20th anniversary in the music industry so I'm really hoping this year she will resume more activities in Japan and at least release an album or at least work on a Japanese album I mean she just released her Korean one better in December so I'm actually hoping this will lead her back to go into Japan and do, you know, her her dual music like she used to. So that's my big pipe dream. And I can see it happening. But I also know at the same time, she 
she had i mean her last album didn't do as well and it was also very difficult to find so i i that's my pipe dream i i'm hoping it will happen and there is a chance but it's also a we'll see all right thank you for that luna i am going to talk about avex more because everything on minus my big pipe dream that's not avex related but Everything else I want to talk about is an AVEX group. And I'm going to start with DICE because they have a hot approaching album, Six. And I'm really interested to see how they do in 2021. I think it's going to be a good year for them, all things considered. But it really seems like AVEX is hedging their bets on DICE. They're really thinking DICE can be big. And they're throwing a lot of money behind Dice. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they might have moved over to uh, from Universal to AVEX is because AVEX is like, hey, we're going to throw money behind you and really make you guys big. I mean, they you see them cropping up all over the place. Those dudes are really busy at the moment. And even though they're dropping their album now, yeah... They're not going to have another album at the end of the year, more than likely, but they're going to have a couple of another big singles. And, you know, I do think that Six is going to chart in on the Oricon. I, I don't know if it's going to hit number one. I would love to see it hit number one. Uh, realistically, it definitely is going to hit number two, more than likely. And it, there is a good shot that it could hit number one. I could see it happening. Because, like I said, they've been really throwing a lot of money behind Dice. And one of the other things is on 6, they do have the song Dreamin' On, which is the current One Piece opening. So that might run sales up too. So that is definitely something to keep in mind. So I think Dice is going to have a big year for 2021. And moving on to that, uh, I think another group that's going to have a pretty big year is LOL. Uh, 2020, there was a pretty quiet year for them overall. They they had an album drop in March, and then they had one physical release in July, and that was it. They did have a bunch of digital releases that dropped on the back half of the year, but they have not had a physical release since July. And usually LOL has a release once every three to four months. So it's really kind of unusual for them to go this long without something being released. So it's interesting to see what they might be working on. They might be ramping up for another album. They've dropped enough digital singles to where they could easily meet the numbers needed for an album. So I wouldn't be too shocked if they have an album drop this year, probably around spring, maybe summer. And so I think LOL is going to have a big year. That's just me. Uh, The other person I think is going to have a fantastic year is Daichi Miura. He has not had an album drop since 2018. His Spheres album dropped in 2018 and he has an album drop every one or two years. So this is actually the longest he's gone without an album release. 
So I think he's ramping up to have a big year. I think he's timing it around the Olympics is what I'm expecting. And I, you know he's going to be there. He is the ambassador of the NHK. He's going to be featured pretty heavily in the Olympics. So it's definitely expecting to see his name brand go up and his sales go up. Uh, I would love for him to be artist of the year on the Oricon. It's very possible it could happen. And it, so we'll have to see how I, it will all hinge on the Olympics. If they have it, that it is, it's still kind of up in the air. If that, if the Olympics are going to happen, I think more than likely, yes, but there is a 25% chance that they're probably not, they, they may not. So I think all in all, I think Daichi's going to have a fantastic year. I think he's going to, definitely be a contender in the numbers and when we were talking about at the end of the year i think it's going to be a big year for daichi miura i think he's somebody that we're going to be talking about a lot throughout the year and and i think he's going to have a a really solid album so that that's just my prediction uh my last prediction this is this is my pipe dream and it's a big one. It's a big pipe dream. And it's very dependent on the Olympics because without the Olympics, I don't, I just don't see this happening at all. But I, I would love to see Johnny's go digital this year, straight up, like all of them international digital, just like they did with Arashi last year, like that I would love to see. And it would be really, really dependent on the Olympics, international exposure. There's going to be a lot of tourism in Japan this year. And I really think that they're, that they're going to want to capitalize on the tourism that is being produced by the Olympics. And one of the best ways to get into an international market is to put your stuff online digitally and have it available in digital and international markets. So, I really, they kind of already tested the waters with Arashi. They know how to do it. And I really think that they're going to do it. And I think it's going to be the bulk of their catalog. I, I honestly, I would love to see them go just full tilt. But I was going to say, what what artists particularly? Are you saying all the juniors? Are you saying everyone? Because I'm going to be like... Hey, only one of them came out. <laughs> yeah, I th I think if, like I said, honestly, I would love to see all of them, you know. But if they're going to just do a group, it's a higher likelihood they're going to do juniors. I think that Stones has a pretty big following and they're they're really got a good international market with stones, especially since they did the opening to Yashahime. So that, that really has put them on the international map because that's still a pretty popular anime. Hmm. And I, I really see stones doing that. And they had a good showing at the Kohaku too. So I, I think that stones is definitely going to be some, you know, they, they, they're crazy if they're not putting stones digitally. That that is my two cents. But you know, I would love to see Snowman. You know, they they came out at about the same time, and 
they, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. Unfortunately, they had to drop out of the Kohaku at the last minute, which really stinks. But, you know, I, I love Snowman. I love the two songs that they put out and I would love to see more of them. But, you know, King and Prince is huge in Japan. And I, I think like, you know, that's a pretty big bankable group uh, along with Heisei Jump and Kiss My Futo. I think, you know, all of those. So basically the juniors just really, I, I think you would have an easier time selling. And so to me, I would say juniors most likely if they go, if they go digital, but again, it's really dependent on the Olympics and what the Olympics are doing. Cause if they, obviously if there's no Olympics, this isn't happening in 2021, but for a moment, I'm going to pretend like the Olympics is definitely happening. And that, that would mean that there is, like I said, for them to capitalize on the market, I, I think they go digital. The, to me, that makes the most sense. I think it would increase their sales and they would be able to in, increase their market overall and their market share. And, and Because, I mean, they're really huge in Japan. And if they just go digital, they could really get bigger in international markets. I really believe that. I'm not saying that they're that, you know, King and Prince is the next BTS, but you know, they, they could still find internet, a, a wider audience internationally. Now, but, when you say digital, because there's a caveat to this, do you mean internationally available worldwide or just digital yes. in general? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, international digital, uh, because I know King and I know Johnny's, if they did go digital, I do think that they would probably make it domestic. Mm-hmm. I, that, like that, that, my gut would tell me that, that they would probably do that. But I would love, again, pipe dream. I would love them to just get, like turn, like let go, the go, fl- faucet go, go, go just go like boom. Him. Yeah. Uh, but realistically, if they did go digital, it, it would be domestic. Because they're they're old fashioned, and you know they're probably wanting to keep it in the Japanese market. I mean, they that that's their that's who they are producing the music for is the Japanese market, and so they probably just don't think there's an international market to be had. So that that's probably my thought. No, well, but we'll see because you know the whole thing with with Arashi being digital that happened after after the passing of Johnny Kitazawa so they might just go digital just in case yeah and and that's the thing like uh now that they're under new management younger management that uh, that I might have I would I wouldn't say younger but <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair but management with a more modern sense of business, I guess would be a better way to put it. Uh, that's another reason why I think it's very possible they could go digital. So that that's my pipe dream. I, like I said, it's a pipe dream. I don't think it's like if I had to put a probability of it happening, I'd say 5%. So I, 
So like and the that's, odds are and that's five percent with the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, with the Olympics, with the Olympics, that's a five percent. Obviously, without the Olympics, it's a it's a round zero. But even but with the Olympics, it's yeah, I'd say five percent. Like I don't like I, said, I would love to see it. I I see the groundwork for it in some manner and sense because they did do Arashi and Arashi's international. But I think also I, I do think the, they're old. I, I do think like they're the thing is they're with just that, slow about things. With with, with that is Arashi was going to be the headlining after the Olympics. That was their whole thing. That's the only reason why I would think it was it would be international. Not to poo poo on your your pipe dream here. It's um if Johnny's does have another act line for the Olympics, then hell yeah, I could see that happening a hell of a lot more more realistically. But as of right now, even if with the Olympics, your five percent of it being happening is still probably if that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I am well aware the like the odds of it are just ru- uh, working against me. But that's why it's a pipe dream. <laughs> it, it would be nice to see it happen, just because. I mean, internationally, I can't see it right now, but in Japan, it's more of a possibility. But I think it would be a great dream, especially to start with the Johnny Juniors, because a lot of the younger younger crowds are listening to music more digitally and it's becoming more widespread. So, I mean, maybe not this year, but it could be something down the line that we might see happen. Okay, for for my predictions for 2021 here is I think we'll see a lot more breakout artists come out this year and will eventually lead the way for the Reiwa generation starting from this year. We'll also see a lot of new artists join the fold, at, so to speak, for constant success, i.e. Lisa with Gorenge and Homura and and need you with step and make you happy and things like that. We'll see more artists like that constantly appear on the Oricon chart. More new artists, so to speak. Um, I also think that if the Olympics do happen, Odyssey will form again, and that will be their last performance in general. Um, I have two little pipe, pipe bomb things here is... I think we'll see one of the top idol groups fold. It could be one of the 48s, one of the 46s, Momuto Clover, or Morning Musume. I think one of them will fold. I I could see that just because I feel like, one, we haven't seen much from Momuto Clover lately, and most of theirs ties to DBZ. And I could see all those members graduating too. And with Mosamu, I mean, look at what they've recently done. And I mean, it, it, we'll see. I don't know, but I, I can see something along those lines happening. No. Yeah. I do definitely can see, you know, a big group folding, you know, something like, uh, SKE 48 or AKB 48, I think, you know, they they really don't have any more bankable stars except uh, I always forget her name, but Ken knows uh, yeah, so, who's the bankable star. 
Suda Akari, but that's Suda Akari. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't even consider her a bankable star. She couldn't even hold herself on her own when Judy Noah had to go away to the point that they had to re-release a freaking music video for her just so that they could include Judy Noah in it. Ah, uh, yeah, I totally forgot about that kerfuffle. That was not pretty, <laughs> to say the the least. But yeah, and with the Jurina gone, I mean, it, it's just. It's just a matter of time for, like, like I said, like they, they don't really have anybody. There's no one to whip the fans up to get. I mean, they they could find somebody, but the odds of that happening are pretty low, and they really feel like they're stuck in a rut. I I hate to I mean, say it, but every single you know, star they try to to push onto the fans left. <laughs> we got Jamba Jaw girl. She went. We had the other star that was the lead singer for Shitsuren Arigato, not Shitsuren, uh, for one of the other singles, I'm forgetting the names, and she graduated soon after. Uh, Every- the girl that led Sustainable. Yeah, Sustainable. See, like, there's two of them that left. <laughs> Every single time they try to make someone into a center, they, they fold almost instantly. So I, I have no clue. <laughs> But I, I could see, most likely I would see the AKB48. That's my, my hedge bet there. Because of just, I've been conning on it ever since Judina was going to leave. And to the point that they didn't release Judina single last year when she was supposed to have graduated. They waited another year. So, because they want to have her, her high horse be... A, a lasting performance, so to so, so to see. But another one that I also see as a pipe dream is we're going to see the rise of the Hello Live or virtual YouTuber singers pop up a lot more. And this kind of goes in case in point of what you were saying earlier, Gray, where digital is going to be the focus here and most of their stuff is going to be digital only. I can see... Th- the rise of that actually happening within the next year. I don't think they'll be like, oh, we're going to be number one artist overall, but I think the rise of Hello Live and that whole system is going to be a little bit more front and center this year. Oh, yeah, no, I can totally see that, and I do agree. Like I said, uh, I, I think I hammered this point earlier, but yeah, this... Trending wise, like you know, I like uh, we haven't seen the last of Yalsobi just picking a random name out of the hat, but you know, I think there's gonna be more groups uh, or artists like Yalsobi that pop up, and definitely. So, I think you know, this trend is just getting started, and it'll be really interesting to see where it goes and how it. I, I really Evolves. got a preference. Yasobi isn't a virtual YouTuber, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That that is a good preference. And yes, you're correct. Yeah. Digital artist, yes. Then yeah, I can I can see Yasobi. But I also hammered that point earlier that we'll see a lot more of those. But a virtual YouTuber specifically, because they're they've been really popular into the in the gaming scape as of late. But the thing is, there we're seeing a lot more. Case in point, Aski. 
this was a year or two ago now when we saw the last of her but she's been she's been doing several releases after that I've been keeping kind of keep track of that just in case but just the rise of how many more artists like that is popping up is really really redonkulous at this point Oh, no, I agree. I think we're going to see a lot more virtual YouTubers out, VTubers out there than the normal. It'll be interesting to see who's all going to be coming out, too, and what's going to be coming out. Yeah, with that, let's kind of see who we think is going to be our artist of the year. We're going to kind of shoot ball this as either an artist that we kind of know already, or if it's going to be an artist that will come out of left field. So... Let's start with you, Gray. Who do you think is going to be your artist of the year? Uh, yeah, I I picked an artist that I I don't know if they'll be my artist, but I would love for them to be my artist of the year. I want them to have a good year, and that's LOL. Like I like I'm really hoping like you know they're preparing something big in the background and that they're going to have a fantastic 2021. And I would love for them to just have a standout year. Especially because last year was kind of meh. So I I would love for it to be LOL. I'm really hoping like they, you know, again, it, because it's prediction that it'll just hinge on how much they release and stuff. But I do think like they have some good stuff in the works and I, I'm really eager to see what they're cooking up. What about you, Luna? For me, I honestly think it's going to be an artist that I already know and am familiar with. As far as that artist, it's really hard to pinpoint so early on. There's one artist I want it to be. I want Crystal K to release more because she really started releasing more digital singles last year. And I would like to see her come out with another album because it's been since for you. And I'd like to see something from her and... I know if she came out with a new album, she would probably jump up to my Artist of the Year, to be honest. However, it could be any one I've been following, like Edu has had a great year last year, and she could come up and kill it this year. I mean, Millet as well. She, you know, I'm young. I mean, there's a lot of artists that could have good years this year, and I feel like at this point it's anyone's game who's going to pop up and be my Artist of the Year. It'll I just bank on it'll be someone I'm already familiar with. Same as well. Obviously, we do do two two categories, which is our new artist of the year and then artist of the year as whole. But I think my artist of the year as a whole will be someone that I am familiar with. And this year, I think it's going to be Syrup, mostly because he had a phenomenal 2020 and any release that he did put out is going to be must-listen in my my point of view so I think it's going to be syrup on my end and if if I had to pick a second it would be Polkadot or Tendre after that because though they had an amazing 2020 if they kind of don't do anything this year then a it is what it is but I think syrup if he does release a new album he's bound for a new album at this point it'll probably be my number one but yeah you know it's been a nice looking looking predicting the lovely year of 2021 with that let's kind of move on to our music corner here and this week i have the reins as i'm going to talk about the lovely band ali and if you guys don't know who they are they are a seven member multinational hip-hop slash funk band that 
formed back in 2016 in Tokyo. Originally starting as a nine-member group, they used the name of the band as an acronym for the lovely phrase Alien Library International, and they looked to shake up the norm by having all members diverse with roots in Japan, Europe, America, and Asia, and Africa. However, one of the first impressions that new listeners might have about the band is, how could they be in the genre that they are? say they are when they don't have that typical look now i am going to preference this luna and gray if you did not know what genre ali was what genre would you have thought they were in just by looking at the music video i sent you i would say hip-hop just because they look like the lead vocalist looks like he's gonna drop some major beats in general and it really does kind of give off that vibe from looking, just looking at them in the video. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I would really agree with Luna. Hip hop, maybe R&B. I could definitely see R&B. And, and you know, they, they are, they throw a little bit of that in there. Uh, but the, yeah, I think hip hop is probably like the best guess I would say. Mm-hmm. See, so when I first saw this, I thought they were, a visual K band because I would look at the music video just for Lost in Paradise. You look at that, he looks menacing. The lead singer, Leo, he looks menacing in that just one shot that they have for Lost in Paradise. So I originally thought it was going to be some VK band, and then they just shocked me. You know, they take this very unique blend of hip hop and funk, which is no easy task, but all seven members are expert in their craft when it goes to the sex for saxophone player you to the percussion player alex each member gives 110 percent to any song that they perform and which adds to the overall enjoyment because it sounds like they're just there to have a good time and vocalist leo all of all of them the his out of his world vocals are just the cherry on top of this multi-layer sun- Sunday that they made. And it's perfectly balanced, usually with any rapper that they do have. There are some caveats with that. But, you know, you have songs like Better Days featuring Dos Menos and Lost in Paradise featuring Alco are great inv- examples of that genre mix and having that guest vocalist provide that hard side of the rap that is actually really perfectly balanced with the group's highly energetic tone and composition so i, I want to hear what you guys have to say about them because i was really surprised by them when i first heard them so i figured that i would introduce them immediately because i've i got to know them over the last two to three weeks now so let's start let's start with you gray because i was really worried that you were either going to really really like this group or like them to a certain point or you're going to hate this group. Yeah, no, I, I wound up really, really liking this group overall. There's There was a couple of songs. I, I see what they were doing, and I, I wasn't really feeling it. Yeah. Uh, the, but overall, I really liked it. I felt like, you know, they're a really good band. I've actually been looking for something like this for quite a long time. Just because uh, I've been dying to hear, like, some really good Japanese funk. And... You know, there's a couple of songs where you don't really hear it, but when it's there, my God, is it awesome. Uh, One of my favorite songs is Tokyo uh, Pharaoh. I love that song. I thought, I thought like that song is funky as hell and it's just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that, but 
uh, No Tomorrow is another great song. I really enjoyed Wild uh, Wild Side. I wound up adding Lost in Paradise featuring Aklo to my regular playlist because I really wound up digging that. I'm actually going to add Tokyo Pharaoh too because that song was just fantastic. So I, I wound up overall really, really digging them. I'm, I would have loved to hear more by them. I wish they had a more extensive catalog than what they really do, but uh, what they have is fantastic. They're really great. They know how to work with uh, a bunch of people and they have a wide array of song compositions. They feature a wide array of uh, instruments they have several songs that showcase a saxophone that I absolutely adore. So overall, they're fantastic, and they really just know how to bring the tunes and have a good time. And I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to them. But so I really like this. I'm glad you picked them. I'm gonna I'm gonna be down here in the similar artists part of Apple Music and and digging into some more of this stuff. So. Because, uh, like I said, I've been dying for a good funk band for a while. And uh, they, they scratched that itch pretty well. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm sure, Ken, you already know this, but I love them. You introduced me to Lost in Paradise featuring Aklo. And my God, was that fantastic. And from there, I was pretty much hooked. And before you picked them, I started diving into them. And I will say Tokyo Pharaohs fantastic song their whole ollie volume two is great i mean temptations was good no tomorrow give it up fantastic i also thought their their uh first one ollie ep was a great way to start i loved vim them and true fiction i thought those were amazing and Leo's vocals are just so good, and you do not expect that out of him at all. Better Days featuring Dos Monos. Oh my god, that is just gold right there. I mean, it blends so well. Their whole Lost in Paradise EP is flipping amazing. I mean, I really like Desperado featuring J-Rex. And I know they have a new album, actually, it looks like coming up and I am looking forward to them releasing that or a new e yeah it looks like an album or EP because everything they combine I mean when they do their featuring rappers it just they make everything blend so perfectly with their composition the killer sax in so many of their tracks is just amazing but they all their all their music is just well put together and they have that perfect balance in it and not only that, I think they stand out with Leo's vocals and the rap, just everything about them. I am just head over heels. I'm looking forward to what they're going to be doing this year. Yeah, so I'm very happy that you ended up really, really liking them for the most part, Gray. So, uh, yeah, and I understand there are cer certain songs like, for example, I'm I'm looking forward to, but I'm fairly hesitant about the mini album mostly because you know the song that they did drop for it the fight dub club was very uh, interesting to say the least <laughs> and i could understand what they're trying to go for but we'll, we'll see here how everything's gonna handle so as of right now 
Ali has four, four singles, all which were released in 2019, along with two digital singles that were released in 2020. They also released two EPs, Wild Side and Lost in Paradise, in 2019 and 2020, respectively, with their new mini-album, Love, Music, and Dance, set to drop by the time this airs on January 27th. Be sure to check out on our site for their official site and Twitter, along with the music video for their track, Lost in Paradise, featuring Aklo on our site as well. So I'm very happy, and I can't wait to kind of revisit them after this and see if our choices change about how we felt about Ali overall. Yeah, no, that that wrap-up will be awesome because the mini-album should be out by then. And yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the one song that they teased, but you know what? That's okay. It's just one song. I'm certain the rest should be interesting at the very least. So I'm really looking forward to it. I I can't wait. And thank you, Ken, so much for introducing them to us. Thank you so much for introducing them. They are amazing, and I'm going to look forward to more music by them. Yeah, with that, let's continue on to the Oricon here. And this week, <laughs> oh boy, we only had two new songs, and they weren't even the top. <laughs> let's just say this much, the Kohaku bump really came in handy. <laughs> It was an interesting week, to say the least. I'm not surprised, though. Yeah, that Kohaku bump is really doing its work, but you know, that's the that's the life. That's the Kohaku. It does it does its magic, and it works it well. So, you know, the fact that you had two songs that were able to break up and, and be up here is, is notable at the very least. With that, let's continue on to number ten, and that is Haraka no Kokoro by Guro. And, you know, it was very, very refreshing to hear it on the Kohaku, so I really enjoyed re-listening to it again, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that it's on here, but this will probably be the, maybe it'll be the last time we'll see this song for a bit. We shall see. But this week it sold a lovely 15,962 points, and going on up to number 9, it is Kaibutsu or Monster by Yao Sobi. And what's very interesting, so this is the ending theme song for Stars, which is the anthropomorphic high school, very, very popular series there. So I liked season one, and ironically, Ali did do the opening for season one. That's what was Wild Thing was for, so... How do we think of Kaibutsu or Monster as it was in across all English streaming platforms? I enjoyed Kaibutsu. I thought it was actually a pretty fun track, to be honest. I mean, it had a great beat to it. I think Yaosobi always... You know, it's hard to follow up um, Yoruni Kakiru just because that was such a big track for them. But I think Kaibutsu actually does a decent job. And I love how it starts out. I love Yasobi's vocals. I mean, I I think it was a very well put together. And it actually makes me want to check out the anime B-Stars. I've heard about it. And knowing that it has good music is always a plus. So, I mean, it was enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. I did hit the plus sign. Season one is on Netflix, so... Oh, I know. But, I just haven't got around uh, to it. Well, for the audience, they don't know where to find it. They can find it there. Uh, yeah, so 
I I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about this song. It's different. It's radically different from Yoru ni Kakeru. I and I I really really like Yoru ni Kakeru. I thought that was a a much better song than this. She really leans more into a, a electronic style, and I me I just it's not my thing. It's not something I really typically enjoy, and so I I don't know. I'm still mulling it over because I didn't outright dislike it either. It really landed in the middle and I'm thinking maybe if I hear it like a couple more times, I can, I can move on it either way. Uh, but Ikuda, it, right? Yes. What did I say? You just kept on saying vocalist. Ikuda is the vocalist. Ikuda. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, Ikuda. Yeah. Like I said, I could go either way. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's different. It's radically different from Yoru ni Kakeru. So. Mm. And I, I understand. It's mostly what I think it is. This and then the other new song of this week that we'll, we'll be talking about as well. It it goes into the thing of this was specifically made for an anime. And they tried to fit the the tone of that anime. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And... Personally, I didn't think that Ikuda style really matched what they were trying to go for for this. It was it was decent. It was really good. I'm not going to pound on it or anything like that. But like you said, Gray, uh, compared to Yoru ni Kakeru, this it didn't really hold a candle or a legacy remembrance to what it was. Yeah, yeah. Just comparing the two. And, and, and I mean, you know, like I said, if you like like a more electronica feel I, I think the song works and i like i said luna really liked it because uh, it, it is it's trying to be like that upbeat fun song but like like for me it's just i it just wasn't quite quick clicking into place the way i would like it to yeah it is radically different from uh yodani kakeru and i think it is because that electronic beat and i it did it did take me like a second or third listen just because of how Ikuda's voice does go with the song. It's a lot faster paced and it doesn't always match in places. And especially after listening to Yoruni Kakeru, it's such a big difference. But it's still as itself, I'll say Kaibutsu is a solid song. Yeah, by itself, it's it's a pretty decent song either way. But like, I I, I can't help but to compare it to Yoruni Kakeru, and that's that that was the problem that I figured that they might have have when they were trying to release a new song. But we shall see. This is just one one drop down, and if if we don't see Kaibutsu again, then I will understand. But if if we see it. Just stick on a little bit more. Maybe I'll turn my my thought about it just a little bit more. But regardless, this week Kaibutsu sold a lovely eighteen thousand two hundred and fifty nine points there, and going on up to number eight is Gorenge by Lisa. Dropped a little bit from what it was beforehand. She had a good showing on the Kawaku, so of course this was still gonna be on here. This week it sold a lovely nineteen thousand seven hundred and fifty two points here. And going on up to number seven, it is the lovely Kai Kai Kitan by the artist Eve. And 
I think this is the first time we have encountered Eve on the charts here. I've noticed him a while back, several times before, just branching off from Yao Sobi here. And so this was the opening for Jujutsu Kaisen, which is really funny because the the Lost in Paradise from Ali is the ending <laughs> ending theme song for that anime. <laughs> so both 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 artists here have in some way been involved with <laughs> a project that Ali is involved with. <laughs> so what do we thought about this? Let's start with you, Graham. Yeah, I I wasn't crazy about Kai Kai Kitan. It, it's the vocals can't decide if they want to be auto-tuned or not. And so the whole song, they're switching back and forth between normal singing and auto-tuning. And it, it doesn't work at all. I, I didn't like it. But this is a really big single. It's almost a mini album because it's seven songs. It's 30 minutes long. Mm. And uh, I did listen the, to... The, the song, a part of the single. Uh, specifically, the song ranked. <laughs> Yeah, we to, yeah, we have to we have to preference that. <laughs> you're you're correct, but the the rest of it that it's attached to, I thought was way better. It got better as it went, and but once again, that that also kind of goes in hand to hand to what I think is they made this for the anime. Probably, yeah, because the the anime, like I don't know too much about it, but it seems to be like um, a horror version of Bleach. It's kind of like what I get this vibes of it, but that, that's just me. And I could be completely wrong. Cause I haven't watched it. I've been wanting to, it looks interesting, but, uh, yeah, for me, like I said, um, Kai Kai Kitan specifically, I, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I did like the melody of it. And I thought the composition was really good. If they had just picked a lane with the vocals, even if they did the whole song auto tuned, it would have been an improvement. So I, I, uh, I would have loved it not auto-tuned, but, you, you know, they just should have picked a lane, but it's just, like, enjoyment from the song. So, with Kai Kai Kitan, I have similar sentiments to Grey, as I'm not a big auto-tuner, and this was also my first experience with him. So, I, I was a little perplexed in just how the song was set up. I... I... I think if he would have done the whole thing in auto-tuning, it probably would have worked or just done it all in vocals. It would have worked. I understand it. Probably what they were doing did go with the anime. I'm sure it was at least made or composed for that reason. I, I love his vocals and that was the part of the song I enjoyed, but the switch off does turn me off a little bit to it. And I did, I'm just going to specify, I did check out other tracks on the album. I mean, on the single itself. And as you go through, yes, there are very, very good tracks on there. But I can understand why Kai, uh, why Kai Kai Kitan is on the, uh, the Oricon being, you know, with the, the new anime. I know Jujutsu Kaisen has gotten some huge um is making waves i've even heard about it over here and i don't keep up with new stuff new anime like i used to so i'm sure in japan it's also picking up a lot of steam so i'm curious to watch it and check out how 
Kai Kai Kitan goes with the goes with Juju Kaisen, and it might make it better for me. It might not. I think it's an okay track. I think they have better ones on here, but I think it's okay. I, I'm I feel like it's also a breath of fresh air of hearing something new. So that made me happy. Is hearing something new, even though I'm not the biggest fan of this uh, of um, of Kai Kai Kitan in particular. Yeah, so for Kai Kai Kitan, it it really does go to the point that they made the song for the anime for for Jujutsu Kaisen, and it it probably doesn't match it. It like like you were saying, Gray, you were listening to the the rest of the super single here, and the other songs were much more better in your point of view, and I, I kind of agree with that. But I think that Eve has a much more better discography in his lineup than what he showed with Kai Kai Kitan. I, I think he's a much more interesting <laughs> interesting singer. So, but uh, I don't know. Like, this wasn't a really good showing if you were first introduced to, to Eve. And I think that if you do go throughout his discography you'll find a lot more deep in so to speak sorry i was gonna say i agree because alvina waltz and shinkai were really good and as you went on that whole single it made me really enjoy him and realize that there are you know i'm glad kai kai kiten made it on the charts because it gave me a chance to listen to him you know, but I, I, there, I'm excited about diving into his other discography. So even though this isn't my favorite track, it introduced me to him at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, what Luna said. You know, we're, I'm glad it's here. It may not be the song for me, but you know, I, I know Waltz was a really good song, and the rest of that super single was really good overall, and. You know, I, I get that, you know, the anime that it's attached to was very popular and, I, and you know, that helped elevate it. But uh, I'm, I'm glad it's it's on here because uh, I got to listen to some other stuff that I that I enjoyed a lot more than that. So it, I'm glad he was able to chart the way that he did. Regardless, Kai Kai Kitan sold a lovely 21,849 points. And going on up to number six, it is Niji, B, Niji by Misaki Suda. Not much more we can say. I'm so happy that Niji is still on here. So it is what it is there. And this week it sold a lovely 22,474 points here. And with that going on up to number five, it is <laughs> Dry Flower by UD. Once again, <laughs> Dry Flower wasn't a good representation. It's the same thing as Eve. I think that he has much more better songs on his discography than Dry Flower, but it's the one that, thing that's keeping him going right now. And this week it sold a lovely 33,154 points here. And once again, at number four, it is Yodani Kakere by Yoao Sobi. Of course, this was going to be here again because it did so well on the Kohaku. So. And this week it sold a lovely 40,423 points. And going on up to number three, it is Dynamite by BTS. I mean, we still hear the song everywhere we go at this point, so I'm not really surprised at this. But this week it's other lovely 44,090 points here. And going on up to number two, it is Homura by Lisa, dropping down just a bit here. And this week it's other lovely 47,290 points. 
And lastly, going on up to number one, it is step by a step by Niju. So, I mean, I said all I can say about this song. <laughs> I, I we'll see what Niju has cooked up next time. But this week it's a lovely fifty-one thousand five hundred eighty-one points here. And with that, let's take a look at all the albums real fast. We got soundtracks by Mr. Children. We got the lovely, uh, speaking of, uh, <laughs> Misaki Uno, she, her album, Sweet Hug, got number nine, Beeb Deluxe by BTS, made it to number eight, Sumika's Hon Oto and Late Show mini album got onto number seven, uh, Spy Airs, Wadashi, Wadachi got to number six, you got Bokutachi no then Hikari Hishibi by Green at number five. Got Stray Sheep at number four. Got This Is Odyssey at number three. That's the f- that's it's really interesting that it got into number three there. The book, which is Yoao B's album, got to number two. And first by Stones made it on number one, reaching at four hundred sixty-seven thousand copies total. So congratulations to Stones there. I'm so happy to see Stones on there. I'm glad they... I knew they'd make the charts, but, you know, it's good to see a artist you've been following. Yeah, no. I'm glad that they made it here. You know, this is their debut album, and almost half a million sold in the first week. That, that's really impressive, and I'm glad they were able to crank this out. But, yeah, with that, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of You. I know we took a little bit longer, but... You know, I want to kind of keep the topics going with this as a topic-driven show for a little bit while this year. But you can follow us on all of our social media sites at Ongakudu on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the site at ongakudu.com. If you feel like this is the way to go, you can let us know at ongakudu at gmail.com. You can also follow our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is a variety streamer and he just did his modern risen evil uh, streaming roundups he just finished re4 i believe and you can check him out at twitch.tv slash koryuhunter k-y-o-r-y-u-h-u-n-t-e-r you can also check out timber Taff, who is a variety streamer and you can check him out at twitch.tv slash timber t-i-m-b-e-r-t-e-f-t you can also check out your sister luna rose who is been doing a lot of things in preparation probably for Monster Hunter Rise. I'm pretty sure she's very, very excited for that. And you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name, who also is a variety streamer like Timber, but is very in with the Zelda community. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L, H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast that I do with Kill Fangirl, and Timber called Potasaurus. This past week, we had a spoiler cast of our lovely reactions to the game Yakuza Like a Dragon. If you want to hear all of our thoughts of what we thought about Yakuza Like a Dragon and what we liked and disliked and what we hope for for the future of the series, you can check that out at Twitch. Or oh, not at Twitch, but you can check out that out by looking up Carl You Hunter across all podcast streaming services. You can find me on Twitter at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Ina Iba, Roboco. Where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on several of these social medias, such as 
Twitter, Letterboxd, my anime list, Anime Planet at LunaMaria87. And you can follow me on Instagram as Nerdy Collector Luna. You can check out what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, or what new releases a movie and anime are coming out. And you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, mostly tokusatsu stuff. I'm hoping, uh, fingers crossed, to have X-Aid finish. I only have a couple of episodes left by my birthday which is in a week and a half and then uh, i should be on to build so if you're into tokusatsu you can follow me there but yeah once again i want to say thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of ungakadu i'm your host ken saying thank you very much and have a great day aloha this is luna saying thank you very much for listening to today's episode hope you enjoyed have a great rest of your week Jamatane. This is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this little extra long episode of Ongaki to You, and we hope you guys have a wonderful week, and we'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye.